You're now listening to Sound Talent Media. Check out more shows at SoundTalentMedia.com. Episode 113 of That One Time on Tour is brought to you by the band Deal Breakers. Deal Breakers is a rock and roll band from Detroit, Michigan. The four members of Deal Breakers met in their respective high school choirs and later on playing in various bands in their local music scene. They all share a vast taste in music, with the band drawing influences from rock and roll, Motown, country, R&B, and punk. Oddly enough, the one band they all agree on is The Monkees. If you are looking for upbeat rock and roll, look no further. For more information on Deal Breakers, you can check them out at facebook.com forward slash Detroit or on soundcloud.com forward slash Detroit. You can also check them out on all streaming platforms. Now here it is, their new single, Take Me As I Am. This is Aaron from No Simple Road. I'm inviting you to come hang out with Apple, Mel, and I as we talk with the musicians, artists, chefs, authors, and beyond from the world that turns us on. We're reaching into the improvisational music scene, the psychedelic culture, the festival world, and getting to know what makes the people tick that create those scenes. Come join us on the long, strange trip over at No Simple Road. 
Hey, this is Jason from Western Addiction, and you're listening to That One Time on Tour. Hey, everybody out there in podcast land, what is going on? As always, this is Chris Swinney, your host for that one time on tour. If you're joining us for the first time, this is my podcast where I get to sit down with somebody in or around the entertainment industry and have a stellar conversation. Thank you guys for checking out last week's episode with my buddy and old bandmate, Christopher Rowe of the Ataris. It did really well. I got a lot of really good feedback, so thank you guys so much for that. This week on the program, I got to sit down with Jason Hall from Western Addiction. Great Fat Records band. I'm trying to do my best to get every Fat Records band ever on the podcast. Uh, we talk about kind of how they're kind of the black sheep of the label. They have a little bit of a different sound. They're like an old school kind of hardcore band. They've got even songs that are kind of country-esque. And uh, we talk about all kinds of stuff, his time working at Fat Records and kind of how they came to the attention of Fat Mike and Aaron and everybody over there. But we had a great conversation and you guys are going to love it. That is coming up very soon. Right now, I want to talk a little bit about the craziness that is going on in the world, the pandemic, the coronavirus. I hope that you're all doing well. I hope that you're all healthy and that your families are okay. It hasn't really affected me very much. I have had a couple friends that have been positive with coronavirus, but they are recovering. They're doing very, very well. I know that this has hit a lot of people very, very hard, and uh, I feel for you, and I hope that everybody out there is wearing their masks and washing their hands, and uh, yeah, just it's it's crazy. I'm, I'm still not working. I went up to my place of employment today. They are open, but uh, you have to social distance and wear a mask and no lessons. Now they're saying possibly September. So I don't know, man. I'm doing remote lessons. I, I got some new students this week uh, from all over the place. I got Aaron, my buddy that listens to the podcast, is now one of my students. He is out of Cincinnati, I believe. And uh, I've got some people from Brazil, Australia. I've got someone from Sweden now. So if you guys are interested in some remote guitar lessons, hit me up and we will take care of it. You can hit me up at all the socials at TOTOT podcast, or you can email me TOTOT podcast at gmail.com. So let's get some business out of the way. We've got some great sponsors. Uh, the band at the beginning, Deal Breakers, I love them. They're awesome, man. Uh, we actually, it's funny that they are the sponsors for this episode because other than the time that I had Brian on from Lucero, this is the only episode where I talk about country music. Uh, Jason and I talk a lot about country music, and Deal Breakers kind of have a little bit of a different kind of country tinge kind of sound. So, Check out Deal Breakers on all of the streaming platforms. Also at facebook.com forward slash Deal Breakers Detroit. Also soundcloud.com Deal Breakers Detroit. Rockabilia.com. I just got a care package from them in the mail. Uh, my son Silas is rocking his 
new Gorilla Biscuits t-shirt. He's probably the only four-year-old around with a Gorilla Biscuits t-shirt. And uh, yeah, I got a Hot Water Music hoodie. And Frankie and everybody over at Rockabilia, they're such great people. They have over 500,000 unique items in their store. Fully, fully licensed by the bands. The bands are getting paid. You can sleep at night knowing that you're actually helping out a band. You're not going on Amazon or eBay and getting some Chinese bullshit. This is where it's at. Go to rockabilly.com and tell them that I sent you. Also, we have James Devlin Art. James is a designer and an illustrator artist out of Australia. He's done work for so many great bands. You name a band, he's done work for them. Off the top of my head, he's done stuff for Paramore, Every Time I Die, uh, just so many, so many bands. I'm, I'm losing track in my head of how many bands. He also did the artwork for my new project, Southern Gothic. So head on over to jamersdesign.com and have James design something for you. Last but not least, we have partscasterconcierge.com. My good buddy Gary over at Parts Caster Concierge. He builds guitars. He can do custom work for you. He can do anything that you want. If you have an idea, he'll make it happen. They're also doing another raffle for charity of a guitar. This weekend is when it ends. So head on over to partscasterconcierge.com. And I'd like to give a special shout out to Gary because I had to get my car fixed the other day. And uh, they called me and it was ready to go. And because of the pandemic, there's not a lot of Uber or Lyft drivers around my city right now. So I hit up Gary and I'm like, what are you doing? And he said, I'm playing guitar. I said, would you run me down to the car shop? And he said, yes, I will. So Gary is a true friend. He's not just a sponsor of the show. He's a true friend and he chauffeured me down to get my ride. So thanks a lot, Gary. And go over to partscasterconcierge.com and bid on the raffle that ends this weekend to win yourself a custom guitar. That's it for the sponsors. If you guys have a band or a company and you would like to sponsor an episode, it's super, super easy. Hit me up, TOTOTpodcast at gmail.com, or like I said, all the socials at TOTOTpodcast. And all of the links for all of this are over at TOTOTpodcast.com. Our art director, Sarah, from Road Dog Supply is is diligently working on a brand new website for the podcast that will be launching very soon. She's working with so many great people. She's doing a new website and I'm like a, a merch store and everything for Big Wig, friends of the show. So head on over to Road Dog Supply on Instagram and check out her work. And you'll be able to see her work very soon as we will be launching the brand new TOTOTpodcast.com. So thanks a lot to Sarah. Way up in Canada, she uh, her puppy ate a car, a car like a phone charger, and she had to have emergency surgery on her dog. And I hope that he's doing well. Last time I checked, he he made it out of the woods okay. But uh, yeah, Sarah is a friend of the show, and she puts in many, many, countless hours of work into the art and to this awesome website that's coming up. So give her a shout. Go talk to her. Like her on Facebook. Road Dog Supply. Maybe it's Road Dog Supply CO Company. I'm not sure. Just search for Road Dog Supply and you will find it. Okay, if you want to support the show on a financial level, you can head on over to patreon.com forward slash TOTOT podcast. And we have producers. There's a producer tier where you, you donate a little bit more money per month and you get this producer tag. And uh, we have three producers. 
We have Bob Foster out of Hemet, California. Bob has been on the on the ride with us for quite a while, and Bob just upped his pledge. So claps. Thank you, thank you, thank you so much, Bob. I appreciate that. You're an awesome dude, and I love you, man. And also, we have John Exton out of Stafford, England, and Mr. Dewey Halpas himself from the Peer Pleasure Podcast out in Portland, Oregon. Thank you guys so much for being Patreon producers. Like I said, if you want to get involved over on Patreon, this show is always going to be free, but this can help out with a lot of the a lot of the costs that are incurred with doing a podcast. And it would mean the world to me if you would if you would help out. So patreon.com forward slash TOTOT podcast. If you want to make a one-time donation, you don't want to sign up on Patreon. You don't want to do the monthly thing. Hey man, I get it. It's totally understandable. But you're like, I love that one time on tour. Chris is a pretty decent guy. I think I'm going to send him a couple bucks to help out with the show. You can do that over at Venmo. It is at Christopher Swinney. That is C-H-R-I-S-T-O-P-H-E-R-S-W-I-N-N-E-Y. And I would, you know, I would appreciate anything. Even 50 cents helps out because there's hosting fees and all kinds of craziness. So, uh. Other than that, the free way and the most tried and true way to support the show is to subscribe, rate, and review wherever you listen. It goes a long way. We prefer five-star reviews. Four stars are okay, but we would prefer five stars. So we don't have any big segment today. I just want to tell you guys that uh, I've been a little down lately. It's I think it's just the whole pandemic thing and being stuck in the house and not working and I've been trying to write some music for this Southern Gothic project, and I have a couple little ideas floating around, but man, I just, I haven't been inspired, but I'll tell you the one thing that has kept me above all of that and kept me inspired is doing this podcast. I, I've switched programs that I'm using now. I'm, I'm fully into Logic Pro X, doing all this stuff and trying to figure it out. I'm a Pro Tools guy, so Logic makes more sense, I guess, but it's just, it's, it's weird going from using Pro Tools so much to going to this, but, uh, it's, it's cool. And I love doing this podcast and I'm going to continue to do this podcast. We have have some amazing guests coming up. So thank you so much for being on the ride with me. But like I said, I have no big segment this week. I would like for you guys though, if you want to be featured on an upcoming episode, please call the hotline and tell me about a record that changed your life, an album that made everything just kind of the light bulb go on for you. You can call the hotline. That is area code 765-372-8818. Tell me about a record that changed your life, and uh, you might get featured on an episode, and I will play a song from said record. So that's it, guys. I'm going to jump out of here and take you into my conversation with Mr. Jason Hall from Western Addiction. Here we go. And I'm on the line with Mr. Jason Hall from Western Addiction. How are you doing today, Jason? I'm all right. How are you doing? I'm doing okay, man. Still in lockdown here in the Midwest. I live in Indiana. How is it out there in California? Um, it's the same. It's it's uh it's locked down. People are supposed to be locked down. It's very quiet though, and that it's never quiet, and I'm kind of enjoying how quiet it is. <laughs> I just remember I've got a lot of friends out there and I remember on uh, Facebook a while back they were showing pictures of like you know LAX and some of the like the 405 and like you could get anywhere you want to go in like 20 minutes instead of three hours yeah it's so weird to be able to go the actual time that the map says it's 
bizarre. I mean, I live seven miles from San Francisco and it can take between 45 minutes to an hour and a half to get there. I tell you, man, you know, being on tour a lot, you know, when I was younger, I, I would drive anywhere. I mean, I've driven in London, I've driven in Germany, like all, all over the place, but I always had this weird phobia of driving in California. I don't know why. <laughs> well, San Francisco is one of the worst driving towns. I, this, I'm the same. I've driven pretty much everywhere. I mean, downtown New York City is way easier to me than San Francisco. I find San Francisco and Boston to be the worst driving towns for some reason. Yeah, I had some bad experiences in Boston. I'll tell you, like a lot of people are scared of New York City, but I've driven there before and that was fine. But for some reason, like you said, Boston's bad. And I've also had some bad experiences in Phoenix. It's not real great out there either. Ah, huh. interesting. <laughs> so, uh, you know, during this virus thing, I've been asking everybody at the top of the of the of the show. How have you been filling your time? Like, have you, I know you guys, you know, we'll talk about the new record here in a second. So are you writing even though a new record just came out? Or are you, are you just kind of vegging out on the couch? What are you doing? Um, I'm a pretty, like, restless person. So I I never veg out, actually. <laughs> but my wife has to beg me to watch a show. She's like, try this show. And I mean, I should be, I should be taking another forms of entertainment because it does give you ideas for songs. But so I'm a pretty busy person. Um, actually, yesterday I just took a little break and I, I build um, grow boxes for vegetables. Uh, but at the end of the day, I stepped on a rusty nail and had to go <laughs> go check out to get a test tetanus shot. Wow. So that was embarrassing. Um, but what I usually do is, I know this is like one of the worst times in the last 100 years to release a record. And I feel guilty even promoting it right now. Um, but there is, a, as you know, there's a lot of admin of rock and roll. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and it's everything but the super fun part. It's the most unglamorous aspect of it. So you're you're doing interviews. I'm making playlists. I'm writing people back. I'm asking people to cover us. And so th- that's actually been kind of a blessing. Like I work on the band. I have a rule that I work on the band one hour minimum every day anyways. And I know that's a really strange way to be. Um, so I've been doing lots of that kind of admin of a band, super rock and roll. And, uh, and I, I'm trying not to make songs, but I have found myself recording, uh, little riffs. And so I feel like it's starting again. I'm trying to suppress that, but it kind of comes back whether I like it or not. Yeah. I always wondered because I've had a lot of people recently that are promoting records like this podcast. It's a little bit different. I, you know, it's kind of a mixed bag. Sometimes I just have people on that I want to have on, maybe haven't put anything out for a long time. And then sometimes it is people that are promoting stuff. And during this, you know, the quarantine during the pandemic, I've had a lot more guests coming on to promote stuff. Cause as you said, it's not a great time to release a record. You can't really get out there and do anything. But I've, I just wondered if, you know, certain people that maybe aren't the best at the, you know, quote unquote business side or press side, or that's not their, their main thing. This may be a way for them to get into that and start to maybe enjoy it a little bit more. Maybe. I mean, the guys in the band, they greatly dislike this stuff, (laughs) which is fine. You don't need a band with three bass players. You need, I mean, that's why the who is an awesome band or the Rolling Stones. You have these people that all do their specialty. And I like making songs and I like doing press and I like doing these kind of like pushing of the band thing and they're good musicians. And we just kind of, we all have strength. So I don't mind it there. We, 
we have got a couple of um, offers to be on some gear shows, you know, like some like uh, like Guitar Center style stuff. You know? yeah, yeah, yeah. And and I want them to do that. And they might have to do that a little bit. But they're, they're pretty good when I'm like, can you just do this one because you're way better at this? And they will do it. But I'm fine with them just showing up and shredding. And then I do all this boring, um, boring stuff to them. Well, I'm glad that we had the opportunity to do this. Um, you know, my friend and your friend Vanessa over at Fat, I was like, I've done every band on Fat except No Use for a Name and Western Addiction. And I don't <laughs> think I'm going to get No Use for a Name, so I'm going to go for Western Addiction. So thank you so much for being on today, man. Yeah, absolutely. I'm, I'm honored to be on. <laughs> so you guys have a new record. It just came out May 15th, Frail Bray on Fat Records, we just said. And uh, you guys worked with Grammy-nominated producer Jack Shirley. What was that like? I know it was your first time working with him. <laughs> that was one of the first questions I asked him. I'm like, hey, Jack, how did how did being nominated for a Grammy change your life? He goes, it didn't. <laughs> <laughs> I think maybe if you win the Grammy, it changes your life, because I've got a lot of friends that have been nominated, and I think it stays the same for the most part. Yeah. What it does is, so I have a, I'll, I'll explain, I have a weird situation, and then I'll get to Jack. I, um, for my job, I had to work with the Grammys. Um, I work at a big branding agency and I do naming and we, we did some naming for them. So they let me inside, you know, like, like the belly of the beast and the devil's lair, like all these people I've read about for years. And then coming from our world, I got to go inside and I was like, Oh my gosh, I'm going to see how it's done. Um, and when you do win a Grammy, it has nothing to do with if the music's good or not. That it, and, and I know that's rude to say, and I'm not saying that people that win Grammys don't make some good music. This, that, that's an award for navigating that system and being, and I'm always saying this and people are always like, please don't talk about this anymore. Being popular and selling a lot of records has nothing to do with your song being of quality. Those are two different metrics. So when people are like flipping out about the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, I'm like, First of all, say the title of it to you. It's the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. This has nothing to do with with if your song is good. Yes, there's awesome people in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, but I expect Britney Spears to be in the Hall of Fame because it it's about being famous and you're navigating that thing. So when when you do win a Grammy, I think it it ups your pay your pay bracket. So you you get bigger people. Kind of Jack said a couple of people phoned him like the first day, like got some weird phone calls. But then it just drifted away. And he's like, he's like a kind of guy who's like, okay, well, what are we going to do on Monday morning? He's like, I'm not going to sit around and wait for, you know, Grammy money to roll in. I make records with bands and I love, he's, what I really liked recording with him was he is a fan of recording. And you know what I mean? Just like you're a fan of a band. He, he finds joy in, in production and making sounds and getting bands to do what they're, they're great at. Um, we were, there was one drum issue that we were, um, having in the studio. He goes, you know what? I'm just going to text my friend, Kurt. And I go, Jack, what's Kurt's last name? <laughs> <laughs> and he's all blue, you know, oh, you know yeah, him? Yeah. like, Oh, get out of here. Yes. Let's text him right now. <laughs> Can we ask but, Kurt some more questions yeah. about production, please? <laughs> but just kind of funny. He wasn't like it, bragging about it. Um, but anyways, uh, long story long, I loved working with Jack. I loved being in his studio. His studio is beautiful. It's called Atomic Garden. I generally do not like being in the studio. Um, some of the guys in the band really enjoy it. I, I, 
it's it's hard for me because I'm not a great singer, and that's when you know it's a magnifying glass on what you can do and not do. Um, but Jack really is like hyper professional. He's really buttoned up, and he knows he knows our world through and through. Um, but he also was nominated for a Grammy. You know what I mean? So it's like none of that got is got to his head. He just like okay, we're opening up on Monday morning. Here's how we're doing it. There's no party time. There's no, it's not, it's not bad. I can see how some bands that want to party and hang out and waste time might have a little bit of trouble because he just wants to get it done. And he wants to make you sound like the best version of yourself that you can sound. And, 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 you know, talking about working with him for the first time, there's a lot of firsts going on. You guys also recorded this live to tape. You know, a lot of people that listen to this show are musicians and they understand the whole analog over digital thing. Can you kind of take me through <laughs> what that decision process was like and then how it was to actually record it live to tape? Well, the decision leading up was was not good. And we when we were talking to Jack about, you know, we had a couple two different places we could have went to. Um, and, and I kept hearing this Jack prefers to kind of, well, I should say that I let the other guys in the band do this part of it, like set up the studios because they're really good at this part. And I run off feelings. And so they, they're more technical and they know gear and they know what we need. So they were talking to Jack and I kept hearing this. He wants you to give it a try going live. And I was like, Oh my gosh. I mean, we're not like the most, I mean, we're like a hot mess, you know, and I think that's like one of the strengths is we're, we're sloppy and wild and, and I like that. And, and I was like, I don't know about this man. So I had this long phone call with Jack and he like told me all the different ways, um, bands go about it. He was like, look, I'll do whatever you want, but I've been in bands. I've been recording people. And if you want the best version of you, can we at least try this on day one? I'm like, yes. He goes, here's what he said. He said, have you ever played a show, Jay? And I was like, yes, man, we played a show. He goes, did you make it through a song? And I'm like, yeah. He goes, did you make it to the end of the show? I said, yes, Jack. And he goes, did it all fall apart? No, Jack. And he's like, okay. If you think about it, like 80 to 90% of what you play is, is right-ish, you know? So why, why do you throw all that away in a scratch track? So it's like, it feels funny because you're like, oh crap, I just made a mistake. Um, and I would sing in another room with the band to kind of keep the like the high vibe going. But as a singer, I'm always trying to find the energy within the studio that you can't, when you're singing live, like I could pick up a truck. You know what I mean? Oh yeah, totally. <laughs> but, when, but when you're in a weird building and you're like, okay, man, go crazy. <laughs> it doesn't work like that. Um, and so... It, it helped with that a little bit to feel the energy of the band live. Um, so did they keep your live stuff or did you go back in and like make six since you're isolated, you know, like the, the vocals are a little different. All the bands that I've talked to that have recorded live to tape nine times out of 10, you know, they'll at least go in and maybe fix some issues or comp vocals yeah. afterwards. We, we fix, we definitely fix some stuff and laid solos over the top and, and I did my vocals again after, but we were worried because we're like, okay, Chad, Chad doesn't always play to a click track. And so, and he likes the groove of a band where it speeds up during a, a fast part, you know, like the energy, just like a live show. Um, and he, we're like, can we just put you on a click and see if you're on? And he was pretty on, like it was, he even surprised himself. 
And I'm no judgment. I don't have a great sense of rhythm, but he was pretty on time. Um, and, and, and so we're like, let's try this thing. And we tried it and it, 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 it worked, you know, I, I can't believe it worked. There's no, um, glaring speed up slowdowns. I mean, I know there is, but nothing that I'm just like, Ooh boy, you know? I always like it, you know, using a click. Most of the bands I've been in my whole life, we've used a click in the studio, but I like it better as a reference other than like actually quantizing everything and putting it yeah. on the grid. Like I like it when it's just there to let you know if you're lagging or if you're speeding up, you know? Yeah, you're you're totally right. That's such a good point. When we made Tremulous too, um, our engineer that was helping um, our producer, Joey Cape, he was like, he his name's Ian, I forget his last name, starts with an M. Um, he was like, I record a lot of like big people. Like, I think he recorded, you know, like Katy Perry style. And he goes, when everything is on beat, it sounds displeasing to the ear. Yeah. It's too perfect. You know? Yeah. It, it, and so I guess evolution has kind of made, um, you know, the, the slight nuances of ACDC better than just like a dance track. that's like bump, 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 bump. It doesn't sound good to, to the human body. Well, when I listen to anything that's like electronic, even like I do demos in my home studio, I was doing one, you know, this morning, I, I use a lot of programmed drums cause I don't have a drummer, especially yeah. not in quarantine. And I love doing that. And it's a good way to write songs. But when I, if I was to listen to that all the time, or if I was to listen to some kind of EDM or whatever, I get bored with it very easily. And it's almost stressful to listen to when you listen to a human play there is that slight error once in a while. And I think it makes it more interesting. Yeah. No, and no disrespect to those bands or people that like that music. I totally agree. I believe the realness in of it, in it is, is aligned with how humans are built. So recording, you guys also had some guests. I'm always, you know, interested in when there's guests on different things. You guys had Darius from the Swinging Utters and Brenna Red from the Last Gang. Are you guys like all real close tour together? Like, how do you know those people? Well, um, we we are close with the Swinging Utters. Um, our guitarist Tony is the bassist of the Swinging Utters right now. Um, so he's toured with them for a few years, and and we just I've known those guys since I worked at the label and. And they're all like, they have a practice space right down the, you know, like four doors down from us or something. So we're all great friends. I've um, talked to so many people on fat and I always bring this up and I just, you know, my old band had worked with fat. I wasn't in the band when they worked with fat, but I've met a lot of people there and, you know, watching the documentary, it just seems like one big happy family, man. What band, what band was it? The Ataris? Yeah. Yeah. I, I wasn't in the band when they did the EP on fat, uh, but through the Ataris, I was able to meet a lot of people and, you know, get to know Mike a little bit and different things like that. Yeah. It's, it, I mean, the people that work at the label are like my lifetime friends. Um, I mean, like we talk about, you know, weddings and babies and where we're going to dinner. And, and you mentioned Vanessa, she, she stays at our house when she comes to California, you know, it's just like another person that lives here for a little while. Um, and then Bart who runs the label, he is, he's like one of my lifetime friends and I can count on him to tell me the truth. And it's, it's like a, a blessing and it's not a curse, but it's like, I will get the brutal honesty that I don't think all bands get because you got to, you know, please your clients, but Bart will be like, no, dude, this is not happening. Or yes, dude, this is happening. And that really helps. And also Aaron who runs the label. Um, we talk to her all the time and it is a family. Um, but 
but yeah, wait, what was the original question? Again? I mean, that, that was, I was just kind of making a comment like it, yeah. everybody I have on here, like I said, I've done almost every fat band imaginable. Oh, Bren Brenna and the Utters. Right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Like the, oh. you guys are just tight with all of them, right? Uh, Utters. Yeah. We've, I mean, I lived in San Francisco since 97. And so I've seen the Utters a million times. We played shows with them, you know, uh, I just love those guys. And I've also kind of pick their brains about songwriting like Darius is a really good player and when he came into the studio Darius has like he's like an effortless musician where he he heard the chorus of one of our new songs called Wildflowers of Italy he's like I'm hearing a melody like this in the background can we try this and I'm like uh, of, of course dude let's do it <laughs> yeah and he just did it like one time and I was like it was a counter melody to my melody and I was like damn it's good and it was just cool to watch him work you know and um the others have like this stigma about them about being tough because i think it goes back to the, one of these fat videos that were made where they, they did this funny skit where they all acted super tough yeah. but it, it couldn't be the more opposite like i had johnny John p bucks on on the show yeah. last year and man there could not be a nicer guy in the world yeah and so I, I i honestly think that positioned them in a weird way because johnny and i talk about like gardening and and you know our kids going to school and things like that and it's just kind of funny how they got in this like street punk oi thing, but they're just the nicest gentlemen. Um, and then, so Brenna, I know Brenna from playing shows a little bit. Um, and, uh, I've like chatted backstage with her husband. He's a good dude too. And, and, uh, so just from playing shows over the last few years, I got to meet her and she's a very nice person and, but she, her voice is so good. And so she can do any kind of singing. So, she came in we we re-recorded this one song it's called i'm not the man that i thought i'd be um that we had on a seven inch and so there was something about it that was never quite right and i was like i need the right female singer to sing on it and i was like brenna's voice is crazy so she comes in she does it once and it's it's like pretty clean and pretty perfect and we're like well that was perfect can you make it grosser <laughs> yeah yeah and she's like, absolutely. And she goes right in and bam, it's like, it's like Joan Jett, but in a, you know, in a hardcore band. Um, we didn't put it on Frail Bray because we wanted all new stuff, but we argued about it for a long time because it turned out so damn good. And, but she did sing backups on a couple of other ones and she can hit all these notes that I can't even get close to. So talking about fat, you know, I, I, I always ask this because I'm always interested. When I was in high school, I was in this band called Chronic Chaos, and we sent our demo to fat and got a handwritten letter back yeah. from Mike that said, you know, this is pretty good. I don't want to put it out, but it's pretty good. So, I know that letter. Yeah. So, you know, with you, you said you worked there. I know there's like somebody else in the band that worked at fat at some point. How did you guys have that relationship come together? Uh, for us joining the band together. Well, no, for you guys. Well, yeah, I mean, the band came together in like 2002. Like, were you guys just all friends? And then how soon after that did the relationship with Fat kind of take place? Um, how it all came together was, I mean, when you work at a record label, you have to go to shows every night. You know, it's like part of your job. Um, so I was like just sitting in the bottom of the hill one night watching some band it wasn't a fat band or anything and i was i was looking at them and i just was so sick of watching other people and i'm like i think i'd like to try this um do you know <laughs> i know that sounds so dumb no that's like cool these, man yeah these dumb moments where you're like of course that's the dumbest story but i was like i, I don't want to watch the i don't want to watch any more bands i want to i want to try i think i could tr do this i can play a little guitar 
I mean, you don't have to be great. You just have to have like passion and, and you want to go for it. So the next day at work, um, I was like, somebody told me Chad, Chad was, all, I don't know if he was interning there. He's our drummer. Um, but they're like, Chad plays drums. Why don't you ask him to play sometime? And I was like, okay. And it was the most awkward, like, Hey man, heard you play drums. <laughs> like the, <laughs> the most lame, like Wayne's world conversation. Uh, but, uh, yeah, he's like, yeah. And so we, we, we started to, you know, play together and, and, and we, I just played guitar at first and we needed some singers and we auditioned a couple of people and it was hilarious. There's one guy I've told the story a couple of other times, but he's like, yeah, I want to, I want to try out for the band. Do you know any misfit songs? And we're like, Oh yeah, that's cool. We're down. We'll do it. He goes, I only will sing new misfits. Oh, so he's not talking real <laughs> misfits. He's talking graves misfits. Yeah. It was so funny. And we're like, okay, well, I guess we'll learn one of those. Dude, so dude, I had- teach guitar for a living and I have these kids come in all the time that I teach and they're like, can we do a misfit song? And I get all excited. Then they're like, you know, totally not dancing misfits. <laughs> yeah. It's pretty funny. And so, um, by default, I just had to kind of start singing and I didn't know I could do this thing and I can't really sing, but I can, I can, you know, yell pretty loud. Um, and I have some pretty good resonance, you know, um, it's not like bragging. I could just shout like, that's not a skill, but, um, <laughs> sometimes it but, is a skill though. <laughs> it is. And I didn't realize it. And I, until sometimes we're sound checking and people will like drop what they're doing. And I'm like, Oh, I'm sorry. I didn't. I, you know, like, like they'll spill their drink a little bit <laughs> and I'm like, sorry, sorry. Um, and <laughs> so, uh, actually chicken worked at fat too. And he, um, Tyson, he's this, you know, he's, uh, in dead to me. And, um, he, he just needed some, something to keep, you know, keep busy too. Um, and he's like, I'll play bass with you guys for a little while. And then he just started playing with us. And then Ken, who also worked at fat, um, he, um, did a lot of, um, Japanese heat promotions. And so he was opening like some of the markets there and he knows a lot of people there. So he's like, I play guitar and we're like, awesome. And so we would just go after work every day or, you know, like every (laughs) once a week and we would all get into one car and we'd stop and get food. And then it, it, that's just how it happened. And so we recorded and, and another kind of duh thing about it is we made a four song demo and I just gave it to a couple of people at fact, cause they're like, Hey, we made this cool thing. And I promise you, I'm not being rude. I never, ever considered that to put it out. I never even thought about that. I was just like, I gave one to Aaron and Mike. I'm like, we made this thing after work. It's kind of cool. Like all of our buddies here at work. And then Mike sent me some note and I can never tell if Mike's being serious. Cause that's like, you know, <laughs> yeah. no one can. It's Mike. And man. so, yeah. So I'm like, you're always reading something from him. I'm like, I don't know if this is real. And it's engineered to cause confusion anyway. So I'm like, he's like, I like it. I want to put it out. And I think he's, I think he found us endearing because we are sloppy old hardcore. And he, it reminded him of, you know, of the early days of no effects. And, and he, he's like, Oh, I like your voice. And and it just like kind of happened. And I'm like, okay, uh, so what do we do? He's like, well, let's make a seven inch. And and so that's how it happened. Um, That's awesome. I mean, did you guys think about sending it out to a bunch of other labels or it just seems like it was like destiny kind of. No, we didn't send it to anyone. I've been in one band and that's Western addiction. 
Um, I practice with a couple other people in like some joke band, but this is it for me. It's like, I, I never thought about sending it out or getting signed or what you would do. I was so short sighted that the, I thought the coolest thing you could do with your life was to put out a seven inch. And that seemed so cool to me. And that was what I wanted to do. Just like shooting for the clouds, not the stars, (laughs) (laughs) but, but yeah, that's just honestly how it came about. So with, with you guys, you know, putting your stuff out on fat and, and you're all kind of working there. I know you guys have done a lot of touring, but I do know that there was a pretty big hiatus yes. after you guys put out Cognicide in 2005, which was the first full length on fat. What kind of happened there? Did you guys continue to work at the label or did you guys get pulled in different directions? Um, that, that was absolutely my fault and I still feel guilty about it today. But we, we did work at the label. I worked at the label until 2008, I think. Um, but I had a little daughter at that time. And so um, I have an older daughter too. So I kind of know, I kind of learned what the, the parts where you really need to be around and present and the parts where you don't. And so I wanted to be around. I was like, I, I was like, damn, I should really be around for this time. And I, I kind of naively, I didn't make as much music during that time, but then your kid gets a little older and they're like, I want to hang, you know, go do some stuff with my friends. I don't need, you know, don't need you bothering me. Um, and so it just opened up a little bit and my wife is really good about, you know, she runs the whole show and I'm able to go places because she's like, I got it. Like I, I there's, you know, she barely needs me. You know, like <laughs> mine barely needs me as well. She's <laughs> yeah. watching the kids right now while we're on the phone. So, yeah, she's like, "Get out of here, ding dong!" I got it, and, I'm, and she's pretty cool about that kind of stuff. And so, um, yeah, it was just like I had to w- watch my daughter. I wanted to be around for the things and show her, you know, show her some stuff. And then, in in after that seven years, we fired it back up, and now we're going strong. I feel. I mean, we can't tour a lot. We all have real jobs, and. Some people have, you know, families and people are getting married and, and I bizarrely discovered like the joys of parenthood early in my twenties, which is strange. Um, and so I, you go, Oh, family's the most important. Yeah. I love bands, but, uh, family is the, you know, sets precedent. And so you, you see that comes first and then all my rocker friends have kids now and they're like, sorry, dude, sorry, I said that, (laughs) whatever. So, you know, back when you guys released the first full length, Cognicide, in 2005, how much, like, touring and everything happened right then? Because, like you said, you guys started this as just kind of a thing to do. Did you ever have a time where you were touring, like, nonstop? No, I've never done that nonstop touring nine months out of the year. Like, um, I talked to some other friends and bands where it's just, like, you just say goodbye, you know? Um, uh Hal James, he's in against me. I mean, he's lived on the road for 10, 11 months out of the year. Or um, uh, Chris from uh, No Use for a Name, and now he's in the Foo Fighters. Like when he joined the Foo Fighters, they were just like, say goodbye to your friends and family. Yeah. And, you know, like that's your life and you're gone. Um, we just do as much touring here and there. But the funny part is, is I watch bands that I think are full time touring bands and they don't tour that much. They just, Meeting festivals, playing, you know, week here, week there. And there's, 
And, and in terms of practicing, I feel like we practice more than any band. <laughs> like if it's once a week, that's more than most bands. Yeah. Um, um, so we did a little bit of touring. We toured with Propagandi when the record came out. Um, we got offered to go to Europe with Lagwagon, but we couldn't because too many people worked at the label. <laughs> and so like <laughs> half your staff is leaving and that would be disrespectful to the other bands. So Aaron's Aaron was like, I don't know if you guys can go. And, and looking back, I was like, that's a bummer. But she, I mean, she's right. She's running a business and doing us a favor, you know, like her seven inch band, which is half the staff can't leave, you know? Yeah. Um, but no effects did take us to Japan um, with the real McKenzie's in 2005. And that was amazing. And Ken, our guitarist, is Japanese, so he he just treats us like royalty there. He he translates everything for us. He takes us to places where we can't normally go. It's just wonderful, you know. And that that was fun and wild. And I was probably too um, immature to even play shows on that scale. You know, we had some bad shows. And the real Mackenzies are just totally wild. You know, like they're like as rock and roll as it gets, you know, drinking in the morning. Um, they, one night they had a fight on stage where, um, Paul, the singer who is, he's just such an interesting character. I really like him. He's just so funny. And, um, they had a fight because Paul had a couple too many drinks and he was, he, you know, missed a couple words, like big deal, you know? Um, and they had a fight in their dressing room, but, but they were naked. And, like, and they were fighting they, they, they were fighting naked, naked. And, and i was just yeah i'm like i can't even process like what's happening right now there's like <laughs> you know a canadian guy with a scottish action accent who's completely nude like fighting another man and i'm like i don't i'm not ready for this <laughs> <laughs> um yeah so we did a little bit of touring we do as much as we can and then when we started up again we you know we've been to japan twice we toured europe we, you know, we do East Coast, West Coast. We do as much as we can. So, you know, with the, the the pandemic that is happening right now, you guys had the record. It just came out May 15th. I'm sure there was some promotion stuff that got canceled. What did you, how did that affect you guys? Was there a tour or anything booked? Yeah, we had, we had good shows. Like we were going to play with Bad Religion. They were going to do this awesome matinee show to get ready for their European tour, which is so cool. Like I've never played like a matinee show with Bad Religion. I mean, it's crazy. We played with them before, but we we're going to play with them. Then Propagandi was, we were going to play with them and, and they're like, uh, um, idol band for us. Like, dude, they're, as, they're my heroes. I had Chris on the show last year and it, I, I don't think I, I don't know, man, I was nervous the whole time. <laughs> yeah. They're heroes because they're not only are they the band we want to be, they're the men we want to be like in terms of treating people with respect and thinking through things and, and I've known those guys for a long time too, just from working at the label. And I know them as band people and then real, real people. But, and they have kids now. We talk about that. Uh, I just really respect them as humans. And so we try to be like them as much as possible. And Todd sang on our last record. Yeah, I was well. going to, I was going to ask um, that, you know, speaking of guests, I saw that on a uh, tri- was it tremulous? Is that what it is? Yeah. 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 He, he sang like uh, an entire song on that record, right? at least one verse of this one song called Tadium and we, we love Todd and I love his voice. And there's a couple of people in the world who I think have the most powerful delivery. And those people are, um, Chuck Reagan. Oh yeah. That dude could just like, you know, scream the hair off a bear, you know, um, uh, ice cube. Hell yeah, man. Sounds, <laughs> his, his delivery is so good. Like if you, if you listen to some of his early records, like, 
the projection of his voice is so strong. Um, and then Todd, Todd from Propaganda, like when he, when he, I'm like, damn, man. Like when he sings he Fuck is, the Border and all that different stuff. Oh, oh, it's so good. Gosh, it's like all of his body is given to the, the song, the song, you know? And so it's like, damn, he is insane. So, um, yeah, so we were going to do a show with them. And then we were, um, we had, we had, we finally got on European festivals. We got on three big ones that were supposed to happen in the summer. Um, and that's kind of cool for us. We were so excited. And, um, and I don't take touring for granted at all. Like, I, I love it. I like being on the road. I love the, the hustle of it. I love getting to the next town. I like meeting people. I'm normally an introverted person, but somehow in band life, I'm not. Um, and I like it. I, I like driving the van. I like getting the dudes up. Um, they're almost like, calm down, like, you know, which rightfully so. And I'm like, we got to go to the next town. They're like, please shut up. And I'll be out in five minutes. I'm like, okay, okay, fair. <laughs> um, but, and so those all got pushed back to 2021. But I mean, we were going to, we're going to play Brack Rock and Punk Rock Holiday and Rebellion Fest. And we were going to play like on the main stage with Refused. And wow. this is, this is insane. It's so cool. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know? So it's never lost on me. I never take music for granted, especially that I don't work in the music industry. Not one day where I'm not like, this is so cool. I think that's a good attitude to have because, you know, on this show, I have all kinds of people on this show some from different genres and, and whatever. But uh, I, I've talked to a few people that kind of have that kind of rock star mentality. And I think, man, if you're making millions of dollars, if you're in a tour bus or whatever, it's still you do it for the right reasons, you know? Yeah, it's like, I mean, don't get me wrong. There are quite humbling moments. <laughs> oh, yeah, definitely. <laughs> oh, oh, man, there's just been a couple of like glaring, like, what am I doing? Um, <laughs> one time we were in Florida and staying at a friend's house and we were sleeping on the floor. Um, and I just like, you know, when you open your eyes for the first time and you're just trying to focus on something. Yeah. And I just, and my head was level with the carpet and my, it was turned to the side and I just saw this gigantic toenail and i'm like that's pretty gross and then an ant crawled over the top of it and i was like mm -hmm, this is it this is life i'm doing i'm doing good and i'm like this what am i doing it was just so freaking gross and there's just like a million moments like that where you're like what is happening but i mean when you're on stage for like the 23 minutes of glory it's pretty great did you guys ever do the warp tour we never did Never got asked to do any of that. Um, we're kind of in this weird nether region as a band, too, where we don't really fit. Um, and I wish our band was accepted more in, like, the the harder rock, metal, black metal, you know, chest-beating hardcore area. But the, those bands don't really give us a, a shot, you know, until they see us play. Um, and I love touring with Lagwagon and those guys. And, I mean... The, the people are so happy at those shows. I feel guilty just screaming at them the whole time. But I almost feel like we're, I want our band to be like Motorhead. And I know that's silly <laughs> to say, but like a band that punkers like, rockers like, metal people like. And I just don't know if we've found our groove yet in terms of, I would love to tour with like Power Trip or something. Do, do you think that maybe being the kind of band that you guys are that, being on fat is sort of a stigma just because of what people associate with fat, maybe before they give your band a listen. It is absolutely a stigma. It's, it's a, 
the brand of fat is projected onto us and people are always like, well, you know, why don't you sign to like a, like a heavy label? And I was like, listen, fat gives us such great service. A band of our size would never get this, this, this service. Like I have my best friends in my life working there. We get, I've done so many interviews for this new record. I could call Aaron at any time of the night and say, Aaron, we need this thing. And she's like, let's, let's figure it out. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I would, there's no way we would, they would just be like, get on the road dogs, you know? Like, so it's like, yeah, we have this brand stigma on us, but the service we get and fat's very fair. You always get paid. You always get listened to. You don't always get everything you want, but you will be listened to. I, I do really feel like it is kind of a family. Do you guys kind of feel like the black sheep of the family a little bit? Yeah. And you know, I've watched all these reviews come out and they all say that. And so, so there's kind of some eye-opening things. I mean, I know we are, but bands always say that, like, we're the weird band, you know, but that, I don't know if that's always true, but I have watched other people go, especially in other languages, too, because I've done so many German interviews. It's pretty cool. Can't wait to go there now. Um, but, but when I translate it, that is the theme, um, and it's kind of funny. They're like, what? You're you're definitely the weird band. Somebody even said that we are the weird band on that, and I was like, okay, and that's fine. I just wish like 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 someone in Converge would be like see us and go, oh, these guys could be you know second band of four. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. Um, I don't know, but so yeah, <laughs> maybe it's a good thing though. Maybe but, it's a good thing because you guys stick out. Like I'm if. I'm not saying that every band on fat is the same because I mean, they've gone through these levels where it used to be like the Hesher kind of more punk rock metal thing. And now it's more of like yeah. a, a bomb pops, teenage bottle rocket poppy kind of thing, but it might not be the worst thing in the world to be the band that stands out on that label. It might, it might not be. And we do get some notice because of that. And thinking about uh, the type of human I am in life, I'm kind of like in nether world all the time too, where I'm, I have a really professional job. Um, you know, we work with these, in, you know, the biggest companies around the world. Uh, and I'm also a dad and I have to go to, you know, a school play. And then I'm in, you know, the dirtiest green room on earth before we go on. It's, yeah. it's like these weird, like, and, and each world doesn't connect. And I try to keep them separate because I've tried to kind of bring it in a little bit about with the worlds and it never works. It's just so awkward that i keep them separate and so i don't know maybe it's a theme of our band with this pandemic you know happening we've talked a lot about it today i know you guys had stuff planned but do you have any future plans is it is it scary to try to plan stuff for the future or do you guys have anything coming up you could talk about um we, the only thing we have are the our shows our european festivals pushed out to 2021 we're lucky that they kept us on those so right now we're on Brack Rock again. We're on Punk Rock Holiday. And then we're, we, we were on Rebellion, and I hope we get to be on that again, but they're kind of recalibrating that a little bit. But that's all we got technically. Um, we have some more songs that are left over from the session too that we're going to try to put out. Um, we did make a cool video, and I really like making videos. And I don't know. I just think it turned out kind of good. Um, and we have another video in the can ready to go. Um, but other than that, we just have to kind of wait it out. But I mean, we are ready to rock, you know? 
are you guys doing any of the like live stream stuff that some of the other bands have been doing? We're not. And I don't like those. <laughs> and I know that sounds rude, but the only people that are doing a good job at that is Rhett Miller from the old 97s and Ben Gibbard from De- uh, Death Cab for Cutie. Yeah, didn't, ben, but didn't Ben do like a special one the other night with like covers or something? He's done. He's done so many and they're all real. When, when you watch these things, I'd say 75% of them are not real. Yeah. Did you even watch the Rolling Stones when they did that big, like, oh, yeah, yeah, thing, dude, whatever? Char- Charlie was not playing drums. Yeah, he was just like, I mean, he box. wasn't even making like an effort to make it look like he was playing drums. Yeah, which is fine, but it's like, actually, I do like how Billy Joe on every Monday does that No Fun Monday thing where he covers a song. And um, he is like a, a pretty good ambassador for rock and roll. I mean, whether you like Green Day or not, or you think, you know, they're too popular or not, that dude loves music and he is exposing millions of kids to music all the time. Um, just a few weeks ago, he did this, he posted about, um, I don't know, there's this record store in Oakland called 1234 Go Records and and this guy named Steve-O runs it. He's a good dude and I've known him for a long time. But Steve-O did this, this DJ set from his record store and Billy Joe, um, you know, he's friends with steve-o and he he promoted it and like that's going out to millions and millions of kids and steve-o played the best set of just like classic rock and roll 50s rock and roll and i'm like think about how many kids like i i I try not to bag on big bands that are ambassadors of rock and roll like dave Grohl, and like these these are these are our dudes like these are our guys that are sharing this gift with the world so let's support them you know and um, so, so I do like his no fun Monday covers, but the rest of them, I'm just like, they're just so awkward. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I don't know if you have this, this or not. My, my wife's not, she loves music, but she's not a musician. And so like, we'll be watching something on TV and she'll be like, wow, that sounds really good. I'm like, there's not even a mic. The guitar's not even plugged in. Like, <laughs> do you ever have to explain to anybody yeah. that like, you know, right away, it's not real because of your knowledge of how music works. Yeah, actually, after the Super Bowl, the time I come into work and my coworkers were like, can you believe how good so-and-so was? I'm like, that was not real. <laughs> They're like, what? What I can't believe, though, I can believe that it's not real, but I can't believe they're like, they are aghast that it's not real. I'm like, how are you not? What? Did, or like when somebody plays on Saturday Night Live, they're, they're like, wasn't he so good? I'm like, that was not real. They're like, what are you? Like, it's the what? You can always tell, too. I can't he- believe even if there's not mics or anything on the drums, like we were talking about, I can always tell just because I've recorded so much and I know about compression that when you hear somebody and it sounds, you know, just like the record, the voice is very compressed or they're dancing and it sounds perfect. Like I don't see how people can't, even if you don't know about music, how you can't know that's not real. Yeah. That is the surprising part. How do you not know it's fake? I'm not criticizing that they're doing it because I know on some of those big shows, like the logistics of it are just like not possible and you're not willing to risk your brand in front of, you know, a billion people in case, you know, some buttheads doesn't put the mic on right or something, you know, like it. So it's like, actually, have you ever seen the episode of Saturday Night Live when Prince is playing and somebody did not plug in his guitar. So he's hitting the first solo and you can tell 
he knows something is wrong in his mind. And I can see it because I've been on band and I'm in a band I've seen, you know, a thousand accidents, but his face has this just like, I am so pissed off right now. <laughs> and he just does like this effortless move, grabs the cord, bam, right in, and then just rips solo because he's a total pro. You yeah, know? yeah. But you can tell he's just like, I am going to murder a human when I get off this stage. And so it's like, I get it. It's, it's risky because like, you know, you know, Dale didn't plug in your guitar before you got on stage, but <laughs> yeah, but but it's like the aghastness of it. I'm like, how did you not know? Yeah. It's, or Saturday, Night, I love Saturday Night Live. It's my favorite show of all time, and I love watching the bands. But I cannot. And you're a band person too. Sometimes when you're watching it, are you like, man, have these people ever been to an exciting show? Do they have they ever seen anything cool or interesting or live or wild? I, I will. I will it's say that. So, like, well, there's been a couple bands on Saturday Night Live that have impressed me, and I, AFI, when they were on there like 10, 15 years ago, whenever it was, and then the funny thing was when I had Lars from Rancid on the program, I told him that my friend Isaac and I, we've always been big Rancid fans. When they played in the mid '90s, like when Out Come the Wolves was the big album, when they played SNL, it was the best, yeah. the best performance on SNL of any band, hands down, ever. Yeah, it was so exciting. I remember waiting because you had to wait for it. I recorded on VHS. Yeah, it was exciting, and I waited for it. I I will say the most recent person that I saw on Saturday Night Live that I was like, "This is absolutely real and exciting." Was Sturgill Simpson? Oh, he's um, great. You know he's amazing. He yeah, he's awesome. If you wanted me to describe a modern day punk to someone, I would tell you it's Sturgill Simpson, and that seems crazy because he's like a country star and a rock and roll star. But his performance was so good and so real. And you could tell he's like, I'm going to show every one of these fools what a real band is like. Um, and he does he does the funniest stuff, too. Like when like the big country music festival awards are on, like I think it was the CMAs. He, of course, I mean, he's won, he's won Grammys, but the country world won't accept him because he's like a wild ass. And he 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 did busking out in front of the, the I venue. Saw, I saw that. Him. Yeah, that's awesome. It's so funny. And it doesn't get more punk than that. You know what I mean? And so I saw him on SNL and I've never, I don't really see, like cheer at my TV, but when I saw it, I stood up and put my arms in the air and I was like, this is something, you know, <laughs> yeah. it was exciting. Um, I think him and Jason yeah, Isbell, sorry. like that whole kind of almost like there's a scene of the country guys that aren't into the pop country and maybe they, they yeah. stand up for their beliefs and maybe don't follow the same politics as most of the country fans do. And like, I, I think there is some punk rock coming out of that scene, you know? Oh, there absolutely is. I very much, I love classic country. And when Pete, when you tell people now you like country, they're like, get out of here. I'm like, no, dude, you're missing it. There is an entire world that is not Carrie Underwood and all this. It's, what they're mistaking it is, is yes, I don't want to hear banjo pop, you know, like, like Florida, Georgia line or Carrie Underwood or any of those. That's fine. That's totally fine for people to listen to. And I, I never try to disparage music. I'm like, if you like pop music, dude, go for it. Listen to it. It makes you feel good. That's great. But there is a completely thriving, I won't even say underground, in the same way where people are like, you know, what metal bands are there? Metallica? I'm like, dude, there is a a thriving world of just a complete life choice, money-making world of metal. 
And the same thing with, with, I won't even call it underground country. It's like, there's a million of these ripping country bands. Um, and if you're a guitar person and I'm, I'm sure I, I, you know, I love like chicken picking and oh, yeah. it's, it's all what social distortion is. It's just high on the neck solos, you know, big fat E string solos. Um, and I love it, you know, <laughs> <laughs> me too, man. <laughs> But when you say you like country, they're like, oh, you don't like, you like, you're not very, you know, versed in music. I'm like, get the hell out of here. You know, there's so many good country bands. One of my favorite records of last year is by this band called Cactus Blossoms. I've heard, um, I've heard the name of the band. And I've never seen humans in real life play or sing like magic, dude. It was just like, oh my God, these humans singing in the world, like the sound and how smooth it was. And it's kind of got like a Roy orbison like throwback. Um, vibe to it but them um sarah shook and the the disarmers she, i think she's from like north carolina or something these are like total punks especially sarah shook she is like on bloodshot and um she tours like a dog and her guitarist is like he's such a shredder and there's just this thriving country music scene that i really love that i don't have many country friends so the only country friend i have is um is Chris, who used to be a No Use for Name, and he does that Walking the Floor podcast. Oh, yeah. Chris is going to be on the show pretty soon. We've been going back and forth oh. about dates. He's a great guy. Yeah, he's a great dude, and I've known him forever. And But but I don't really... His new solo record did. is great, too, by the way. Yeah, and I, I, I Chris has tapped into all this stuff, too. And so whenever there's a country person I'm, or a band, I'm like, oh, crud, who do I tell? I tell Chris. I text him. I actually just heard this guy named Jesse Daniels on... Um, I don't know if you've listened to KEXP. It's a radio station in Seattle. I think it's the best uh, radio station in the United States. And they have a country show called um, Swinging Doors. And they talked about this dude, Jesse Daniel, and they played his record. And it was really good. And I texted him because he's like, he's from the Bay Area. And I'm like, no way. So I reached out to him and he and he knew about our entire world. He was like wow. an old punk. And it was so cool. Um, anyways, I'm talking too much, but I no, do like no, this is, this is great stuff, man. Like <laughs> I, the only kind of stuff in that vein that I was ever really into until recently, like I've always loved Lucero. I mean, if, if you love yeah, all country I, punk I, I, stuff, I mean, they're the best band ever. And then I, there's this guy that's been on the show before and he was really freaked out when I asked him to be on the show, but his name's Slade Cleaves. Oh, I don't know it. He's a singer songwriter guy from, uh, I think from Maine. And now he's living in Texas. But when I was on tour with the Ataris, we had one of his records from like the early 90s or a CD. And we'd listen to it nonstop. It's called Broke Down. And it's just very, Ooh. it's country. It's not really outlaw country. It's more like singer songwriter, like old school country. But I just fell in love with the guy. And I reached out to his wife, who's his manager. And she's like, I'll check out the show and get back to you. And then like when she got back to me, she's like, you're sure you want this guy on your show? <laughs> And yeah, he, he man, came it, on the it, show it, and he, he was like, I don't know. He was the best dude ever. The only band he'd ever heard of. He goes, I listened to the Lucero episode, but that's the only band I knew about. Yeah. It's like, if you like music, you can find the country music songs, the classic ones, the structures and the vocal melodies are incredible. And, and if you can, if you can divorce yourself from, Oh, I don't like country. And that's for, you know, rednecks or whatever. Mike, First of all, I grew up in a small town, so I I, I kind of resisted country when I was young too. But so did I. I'm like, if you can listen to the structures, yeah. And so, and now I'm like, oh, I was I was ridiculous. Um, and now I'm coming back into it. And actually, that 
show on KEXP, Swing and Doors, is really like that is the best show. And the guy who runs it is actually the program director of the entire station. But you know when you're you're listening to something and when I'm listening to KEXP, I'm like, oh, someone who really has taste is programming this. I, I don't like everything, but I know that what they picked has value because this is like the ultimate filter. So there's a million, like there's this lady named Zoe Muth that I've got into. Um, I'm just scrolling down my Spotify here. Um, uh, Caitlin Rose, they play her too. Um, just all these great modern thriving country bands. Um, Joshua Headley, he's another insane singer. Um, it's just, there's a world of wonderful country music out there. Well, dude, that's uh, I think that's a good place to kind of end it. People can check out country music. Like, I love country music. You know, the stuff we're talking about, not Eric Church and shit like that. But uh, yeah, yeah, man, I just I don't know. That's the first time I've ever really talked about any country on this show, and I pre- I appreciate that because I know people out there listen to country. Yeah, if you listen to our song, our new song, it's called Lurchers. It's the fourth song on our new record. That is a country western song, and I specifically made it to be country western. It is. The structure and the vocal melody, it, 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 I, I listen to all these country songs and I go, I'm going to make a ripping hardcore song that's a 50s rock and roll song, which is, you know, which a country western is a 50 rock and roll song, is a punk song, is a hardcore song, you know? And that song is a country song if you listen to it. Well, I tell you what, I always play music at the end of these things, so how about I play Lurchers at the end? That would be fantastic. Awesome, man. Well, <laughs> hey, what are the socials and the ways that people can find you guys online? Um, we're on all of them. We're on Instagram, Facebook, Bandcamp. You can listen to our entire record on Bandcamp. Um, if you like boring stories like the ones I've been telling today, I did a write-up on every one of our songs on Brooklyn Vegan, and the whole record is streaming there. Um, I, I don't. I never can understand where bands are like, hey, what's this song about, man? And they're like, it's for you to interpret and take away how you want to take away. I'm like, get, get the hell out of here. Like, you bothered to write this thing. Why don't you... I love little things like this when bands tell me this, you know? And so if you liked our music, there's some, like, the nuances of, you know, what a pain in the ass I am and what our songs are about. That's awesome, man. That's over at Brooklyn Vegan, right? <laughs> they can probably just search Western Addiction yeah. Brooklyn Vegan and it'll come up, right? Yeah. You can listen to our record free a million different ways. And if, if you if you like it, I'd love for you to listen to it. And when we're playing live, come up and say hello. I love when people say hello. I don't believe in any of that, you know, staying backstage stuff. I like when everyone comes and says hi and, and it's, it should be a, a fun time. Cool, man. Well, I tell you what, when all of this crazy stuff goes away and we can go outside again and you guys have new stuff coming out or a tour or whatever, come back and hang out with us. Okay. Oh, thank you so much. Thank you. I really appreciate it being on the show and checking out Braille Brace. Thanks so much. Cool, man. I hope you and your family are doing well and I will talk to you very soon, my friend. Uh, take care. So there it was, my conversation with Jason Hall from Western Addiction. I hope you guys enjoyed that. Like I said, I've never really talked a lot about country music on this program. There's quite a bit out there that I enjoy. A lot of it is kind of like the classic country stuff, but there's some good stuff out there now too, you know. And and like I was telling Jason, Slade Cleaves, he's been on the program before. He's one of my favorite songwriters, so check him out. And make sure to check out Deal Breakers, the band that sponsored this episode. They have kind of that country twang going on too, you know. So uh, make sure also to check out Western Addiction's new record, Frail Bray, out now on Fat Records. It is awesome. 
Vanessa sent it to me when I was getting ready to talk to Jason, and I've been listening to it like nonstop, and it's great. So check out that Fail Bray out now on Fat Records. That's it for this week. Uh, I'm going to keep it short and sweet. Next week on the show, my good buddy Eric Buto from Jughead's Revenge and a bunch of other awesome bands. I think he's even, he's, I think we talked about it. He plays with Guttermouth once in a while. And uh, Eric is just an awesome dude. And we're going to have a blast. And you're going to listen and you're going to love it. So I will catch you guys next week. I'm spitting. Sorry. I will catch you guys next week with Eric from Jughead's Revenge. Uh, we've had him actually requested quite a bit from some of our uh, Australian patrons. So I hope you guys are going to enjoy that. Like I said, we have a great chat and it's it's really cool. I haven't seen him in like 13 years. It's been kind of crazy. So I'm going to jump out of here, but not before. You guys know it if you listen. I'm going to play some music and we talked about it right there at the end. I'm going to play Lurchers by Western Addiction. It is on their brand new record, Fail Bray, out on fat. Make sure to check that out. I love you guys. Stay safe. Wash your hands. Wear your mask. It's not a political thing. Just wear your mask. Someone was asking me the other day, they're like, you really going to wear a mask? I'm like, yeah, I'm going to treat the mask the same way my mom treats religion. It's worth a shot. <laughs> you know, it's not going to hurt you. And what if it is true? So, uh, yeah, so wear your mask, wash your hands, social distance, all that good stuff. I hope you're safe. I hope you're well. Hit me up on the socials at TOTOT Podcast. If you have a guest suggestion or whatever, email me, TOTOTPodcast at gmail.com. I have some really good sponsorship opportunities available, so hit me up if you are interested in that. But I'm out of here. This is Lurchers by Western Addiction. This is Chris. Peace. Under the last, I take the hell.
It is now 2024, and the choice is up to you. Do you listen to good podcasts, or do you listen to bad ones? Well, we've got a suggestion for you. How about you listen to a good podcast for the first time in your miserable life? I can think of one. Overnight Drive. Going strong. 11 years now. The podcast about nothing. Your favorite podcast's favorite podcast. Do you enjoy nothing? <laughs> so do we. Why don't you come over and check it out and stop listening to other podcasts. Thank you. <laughs>